CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. We need to roll back the state. We spy on all of our own citizens. Our prisons are flooded with nonviolent drug offenders. If you want to know who America's next enemy is, look at who we're funding right now. Every single one of these problems are a result of government being way too big. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Part of the Problem. It's me, the libertarian Tupac, Dave Smith. It's he, the king of the cocks, Robbie the Fire Bernstein. How are you, sir? Dude, I'm fucking pumped for St. Louis. Mm, Went into the city last night, did some comedy, feeling good, excited to do a whole weekend. It's going to be fun. Uh, hell yes, we, uh, we we will be in St. Louis in uh, just a matter of hours. I was just looking at it, and I booked all the flights for this trip, and I'm just looking at it tomorrow, and I have a 6 a.m. flight, and you have a noon flight. You and I'm like, up, why? why on earth would I have done that? I guess it was, <laughs> we're leaving from different airports, so it might just have been like there weren't like good uh, flights, but I'm like, that's this is ridiculous. I made this decision. What? 6 a.m. sucks. Oh yeah, it's it's brutal. But I'll tell you, I I fly on a I fly on a lot of six a.m. flights, and uh, they do not get canceled or delayed nearly as often as the other ones uh, do. So there's that. I have a problem that like when I want to leave, I, I have to actually clean up the apartment because I feel like if I'm here, like I can observe the mess, so like it's okay. But if I'm leaving, it has to actually be clean. Yes, and then I end up like. The problem with those early morning flights is I always think I have everything under control and then I don't go to sleep till four in the morning. So if it's like a 6 a.m. flight, you get like an hour of sleep. It just it sucks. Yeah. 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 I think if you don't go to sleep till four in the morning and get an hour of sleep, I think you're missing the 6 a.m. flight. But yeah, that well, depends get, on where you're flying from. There's uh, nothing. I mean, I don't I haven't had this happen in a long time because, you know, I got a wife now. Right. Uh, but the coming back to a messy home after a trip is one of the worst feelings it's just like you're tired and you just come from the airport and you open the door to your apartment and you're like god damn i remember those days ah those good old days anyway so uh yeah come see us in st louis might be a little bit too late by the time this comes out but if uh if not then come see us uh next week in uh in maryland uh perryville maryland still a few tickets uh remaining for that one although it is selling fast so come uh join us out there i think uh tim pool and the boys uh are gonna come uh come hang for that show i think they, cool. they said they want to come out to it so uh that should be fun and then we'll be in uh in dallas fort worth uh area um bunch more stuff uh coming up in the next few months comic go up there we got all the ticket links up 
All right. Let's jump into things. So uh, the other day, actually, first, our uh, lovely producer, Brian, sent me this video, um, and that's how I first saw it. And it's really uh, blown up and taken the whole uh, kind of, I don't know, what do you call this world, this internet news kind of uh, world by storm um, was this video that Steven Crowder made. He was very, uh, very emotional in the video, very upset. Um, and I believe he kept calling it the big con. And he was talking about um, the, the contracts that some of these um, conservative uh, platforms, conservative companies in this space of like Internet podcasts shows whatever i don't even know it's funny because we still call this show a podcast and the term podcast just took off but it really doesn't make any sense at all anymore like i think the term came from the ipod right it was then it was like a podcast but they're just shows were shows that are online internet shows um but anyway this whole in this space here it's really kind of taken off i think it it um was something that a lot of people were kind of unaware of this end of, of things. Um, and Stephen Crowder made a, a whole video about it, and he was very upset and complaining about these contracts. And th- he did not, he omitted a few pretty key details from his his long video. Like he did not say who the company was, and he also did not say how, how much the offer was. He was reading through this contract um and it kept referring to the fee but he never told you what the fee was he never told you who the company offering uh the money was and then the daily wire just did like a response video to it basically saying hey that was us we offered him this contract um it wasn't even a contract it was a non-binding like preliminary agreement uh so it was kind of like the starting point for negotiations and they let you know what the fee was which was 50 million dollars and Anyway, I thought there was like a key detail um, about this. Did you did you watch any of this stuff, Rob? Or are you somewhat familiar with the situation? No, but anytime I hear any of this, I think I don't make myself enough money. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm in this space too. And none of these people are that much better than me at yeah. this. Yeah, me too. So I, I know <laughs> um, I, I get that feeling completely. Uh, so Eddie, but you know, hey, look, this is this is the way um, business works. It's about how much money you bring in. And this is the way business works that people are going to pay you based on what they think they can profit on. And I, I, you know, so I think there was um, a bit of a knee jerk reaction from uh, people to support Steven Crowder on this. And I just, I, I want to say, and I hope, hear me out on this, because um, I think there's something. Um, that uh, it's almost like people's instinct is to go, yeah, screw that. I'm siding with the guy, the content creator who I like, um, and these these contracts are unfair and stuff like that. And I'm just, I, I'm not incentivized in some ways to say this because I'm not the biggest fan of the Daily Wire. Um, but I think this is all stupid, and they're completely right. I don't understand complaining about a contract off. Like, I understand... If you're complaining because you feel like you're stuck in a bad contract because you're stuck or or you somehow got suckered, you didn't have a good lawyer, there was some fine print, you didn't realize the fine print and you're turning around and realizing I'm not making nearly my value. I understand complaining in those situations. It seems that his complaint was that that the the media in his mind who is opposing 
the progressive regime should all be in this together and that they were actually kind of uh, almost on the side of the tech uh, regime and that they are that his his complaint seemed to be that for the younger guys coming up, they're going to offer them uh, contracts like this that are going to put them in a box and not let them be true. Is there a censorship clause within? Yes. The- Yes, this was the, one of the things that he was very upset about. So there was okay. basically, well, the, what was in the contract, um, it was that, uh, okay, you know what, let me get into this in a second, but let me just, I just want to preface by saying, when I say I'm on the Daily Wire's side, I don't mean that Stephen Crowder should have signed this contract or that it was necessarily a good deal for him. Um, I just mean that there's a lot of these people who are supposedly, you know, the the conservatives or whatever, um, they're acting like a bunch of leftists when they talk about this stuff. And they're not like they're not thinking through how business actually works, how these deals are actually done and why it makes sense that they would have these clauses in the contract. So basically what was in the contract was a bunch of things. And this seemed to be what he was outraged about was there was a bunch of um, areas where you could be penalized. Uh, one of them was if you were missing shows. Yeah. Uh, so like, right. Like he, he was required to put out like 190 shows or something like that, which is like a reasonable amount for a year. Like he was required to put out something like that. Um, and uh, he, they were like, you'll be p- penalized like $100,000 uh, for a show you miss or something like that, which sounds like a crazy amount until you realize that the contract was for $50 million. And then it's like, oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't seem also- that crazy they're forecasting the amount of advertisers that they can yeah. sell. So there's a cap on how many advertisement placements you can do in an episode. Yes. So in order for them to recoup the investment, they have to know that you're doing a certain amount of shows. Yeah. And if you're going to miss the episodes, then they can't pay you on labor. You didn't do. Right. So that, that, yeah, one's, like, that one's not a problem. So the one that he seemed to be really pissed off about was that they also had a clause in this contract. Again, it wasn't even a contract. It was like a non-binary, uh, non-binding preliminary, you know, like offer. Um, right. But the the thing that he was very upset about was that there was also a clause in there that said, basically, if you have a huge advertising strike against you, 50% or more, I think they said, of your advertisers, and we can't replace those advertisers, there was also a penalty for that, and there was also a penalty for getting demonetized on, on social media. And what he was saying was, this is you essentially taking the side of social media and handcuffing conservative voices away from saying what they what they want to be able to say. But in reality, it's just no, that just means there's less money coming in and they're not sure they can that you could be would be worth 50 million dollars if you're not bringing this money in. So in other words, it's not them siding with YouTube, if that's the company who's doing it. It's them. It's like, yeah, YouTube is screwing you over. We all think that's wrong, um, but YouTube would also be screwing them on over if they had now bought this product. This is this is just simple, like kind of economics. It's, it's like there's less money there now. It's the wrong way to do that deal. I actually agree with Crowder. Then well, they should be giving him back end points where he's getting a percentage of profits so that if there's censorship, he's not getting paid because there's censorship. And then he can make his own decision about the style of show content that he wants well, to do. That, that might be that might be um, the case, but I, I still because no, then you're be you're beholden the way that this is structured. You'd be beholden to specific advertisers where the Daily Wire could say our ad team has already specifically sold to these companies and these are the requirements of these companies. Listen, that's a that's a different proposition. And then basically telling you, hey, if these people walk, our ad team's not selling new advertisers for you. 
you've lost this salary. Well, they say if they're unable to sell new advertisers, I think clearly they'd be incentivized to want to sell advertisers. They wouldn't be doing this deal if they didn't think they could make money off of it. But I, I'll say that, look, that that might be a strong argument for why you shouldn't sign this deal. But if they're giving you a lump sum of $50 million, I think it's completely reasonable that they would go, and we need some protections on our end that you're not going to not be bringing in money anymore and we just still it's owe a, you $50 million. It's a weaselly way to make an investment because that would be like, hey, listen, I'm going to buy this building from you at this price, but if I can't rent out the units, I'm clawing back this amount of money. It's like it's up to them to forecast and make the investment to say I will make the investment, but if something, if the following changes in the market based off of the show materials that you want to do, it is a way of uh, controlling the show materials the better way to the fairer way to structure it is just to be giving, hey, here's the upfront flat rate and you'll get this percentage on uh, on ad dollars. OK, but if that's the case, then the upfront uh, flat rate is going to be much lower, probably. Yeah. So yeah, would, one way or the other, it. one way or the other, it's kind of boiling down to a similar thing. All right, guys, let's take a quick second and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Stamps.com. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable to over 1 million businesses. Get access to the USPS and UPS services you need to run your business right from your computer. With inflation on the rise, every dollar counts. Protect your margins with major discounts from USPS and UPS rates up to 86% off. Use stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and a printer. And if you need a package picked up, you can easily schedule that through stamps.com's dashboard. Rates are constantly changing, but with stamps.com's switch and save feature, you can easily compare carriers and rates so you know you're getting the best deal every time. And if you're running an online store, stamps.com works seamlessly with all major shipping carts and marketplaces. Sign up today with my promo code PROBLEM and you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the promo code PROBLEM. All right, let's get back into the show. Steve, look, Steven Crowder is huge. He might be the biggest thing in this space. Like, he's one of the biggest, like, whatever you call it. He's a comedian, pundit type guy. He might be one of the biggest, like, guys in america he's got millions of subscribers he's got a huge huge show and so it's completely reasonable for him to be like i just want to go independent i want to own all my shit i don't want anybody else uh to own it so i get that but this is the way business works and i think that obviously there are there are examples in business where government gets involved and rules are are written to favor big business and the system's kind of rigged in their favor and that's all messed up but stuff like this, I think it's kind of like it, it kind of goes back to like even some of the stuff Kanye West was saying that I thought that was just really ignorant and kind of like uh, um, stupid. It's like, yeah, go in with your eyes open. But if someone offers you a deal, know that they're trying to profit off it, too. Now, I know that sometimes people offer deals that are unfair and then it's on you to not take that deal. You're not a victim because someone offered you a deal, especially a multi-million dollar deal like this. Um, and, and the truth is that you can kind of, you can choose what route you want to go down. You can choose whether you want to go down the, the road. That's like, I'll run everything myself. It's a lot more work, but you have a lot more control. Or you can say, I will take a check for $50 million 
And then, oh, maybe the check may only be worth $40 million if something else happens or whatever. But that's that's on you. And I think that a lot of particularly for like content creators uh, and, and people in this space, that's something you got to think about. It's like you you want to make yourself uh, valuable. And then if that's the case, there might be a company that thinks, oh, there's value here. And the reason you would take the deal is because you think they can bring more value to you than you already have. And if you don't feel that way or you don't feel like they're paying you a fair enough rate for that, then don't take the deal. But I don't see any of this as some scandal. I think it's kind of like, I don't know, they wanted to make him an offer. I'm glad he didn't take it, by the way. I wish Jordan Peterson hadn't taken the deal with the Daily Wire. I, I don't like his stuff since he's been there, at least from what I've seen. Um, but So I, I agree. I think it's lame in an early round of negotiation uh, to be going to the press and saying, hey, this is unfair. I even had a personal experience with Black Captain. I nearly found a podcast home for it. The co company sent me a contract that was uh, that gave them full ownership, and I flagged it right away. I was like, why would I give you full ownership of this thing? And they're like, that's not in the contract. I go, sure, no problem. Let me read you this paragraph, and you explain it to me. And they go, oh, that wasn't supposed to be. And then they knew it was there. They gave me yeah. a fucking bullshit old yep. record deal contract, and they didn't realize that I wasn't just an artist, and I actually know how to read these things. Like, yeah, yeah. They just weren't they were not prepared to deal with me, but it's lame to get on a like to go, hey, early rounds of negotiations. Look, these guys are trying to fuck me. It's like that's kind of the way it works now in terms of uh, like network deals. I mean, I happen to be on both sides. of this. I place podcast ads and I'm also a podcast person. And then I also produce gigs and I work on gigs as a person that doesn't like to work like you're an artist. You want to just be able to show up and do this thing or you want to be yeah. able to just show up and do the gigs. I would gladly give up higher percentages on a lot of stuff to not have to do. I don't like putting together my own gigs. It sucks. I don't, I've, I've been dealing with spreadsheets the last three days. I got to track yeah. down people for 1099. I don't want to do that shit. I would gladly give up percentages to have someone put together all my gigs and not have. And then also you got to learn how to do the marketing and advertising. If you join a network that's actually better at that stuff, you might get, you might end up with more money. Or if you got a yeah. person that's got an ad like better with the ad department, you're making more money. So for like, Crowder to have to manage all that shit on his own. You're now not just doing your show. You're also your own boss where either you've got a friend who's a business partner who can handle that. Or now all of a sudden you're the HR department. There's a lot of bullshit that you have to do. And there's a lot of advantages to being able to partner with people who can handle that so that you can just go out there and do your show. Yeah. With all that being said, part of the negotiation here is if you are going to a network, the game that you're playing is you want to have built in penalties, essentially that if they're going to censor you or not fully back the show, they're going to have to pay you out the ass. Kind of like what happened with Megyn Kelly with Fox News, right? Where like she got you, that you want to be in a contract with the network. I believe that was her with uh, with NBC, with NBC Af but I'm, yeah, I, after she left Fox. Yeah, yeah. If you're a person who's concerned about censorship, you want to be in a contract where the network is pot committed that they're not allowed to and that they'd be forced to drop you and pay you out the ass. I don't know what Rogan's deal is, but if I was Rogan going to Spotify, I'd be like, yeah, I'm making a killing. So you guys are going to have to be pot committed to that number. So I know that you're not censoring me. Yeah. So what I'm saying is if you're in the alternative media landscape, you want to make sure that you've got a contract where they cannot censor you and that they're financially incentivized to leave you the fuck alone. So the the way that this was written as is, I'm, it's lame of him to go to like the press and be like, hey, look at this fucking thing. And I understand them being like, we'll back you at this price tag, but it's only on this forecast of us being able to do YouTube ads. But then it's like, well, then give me the other offer. Yeah. I don't I, I don't want to be in a in a situation where just you're fine. telling me up front 
But yeah, but that's the conversation to be had is, hey, I'll take a lesser offer with the back end points. I don't want to be told that uh, X advertiser told us we're not allowed to talk about this war or they're pulling their ad reads. Yes. No, look, I, I agree with all of that. By the way, I will say that even um, the, the Daily Wire, I thought they handled it in a way that came out looking pretty good for them is that their guy came out and just because Stephen Crowder didn't even out them. Right. He just said it's one of these big companies and people were speculating. And so he did a video and he was like, yeah, no, it was us. Here's the contract. I'm going to read the entire thing and explain what we were thinking. This is why we offered this. And I did, even though it really made him, let's just say he was really being one of us about it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I go, yeah, look, I think this is, this was a, an honorable way for them to handle it. Like we're going to be, you know, we're just going to tell you what happened. I Look, I've had offers throughout the years that I just didn't think were right. Like I thought I'd be too handcuffed in them and in positions where it would have advanced my position at the time. But I also felt like I think I'm going to advance on my own and I'd rather just do that. The way I the way I do business with everyone I'm I'm in business with is uh, <clears throat> like, the, first off, I have no contracts. I don't have any contracts. I don't have a contract signed with Gas Digital. I don't have a contract signed with you to do this show. I don't have anything. Like, but I like it that way where it's just kind of like, okay, here's our deal. It's like a handshake deal. Now, part of this is also because I'm very good friends with everybody who I'm involved with. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Um, I'm good friends with with Ralph and Lewis. I'm good friends with you. I'm not like concerned about things like that. But it's like, look, here's our deal. Here's what you'll get paid. And like for for you, Rob, like. I mean, we used to joke about this all the time on the show, 10-day contracts or whatever the, the running bit was. But it's like, I just always feel like I would never want you to be like locked into doing this show. Like if you wanted to leave, it'd be like, oh, well, then I don't know. I want you to be here because I've convinced you this is worthwhile and something you want to do and something that's fun and that's beneficial and all that. Um, and it's the same with Gas Digital. I mean, I wouldn't I would never leave Gas Digital without giving them some notice, but I'm not like under requi requirement to. Um, it's just, that's like, I would do a decent thing, but that's like, that's kind of how I like to have it. I own everything. I own my show. I own social media. Like I own everything. And that's how I like to do business. I also understand that if someone was coming to me with a huge sum of money, there'd be some expectations on their, on their part. And it's like, okay, well now we want something like we, the, the, obviously they have to expect to make more than the huge sum of money that they just gave me. And I just think that people need to be like savvy about this. I also think there's this tendency for people who are incredibly successful to always look back and feel like, uh, well, I got ripped off in this deal. And this is kind of the stuff we were talking about with Kanye West. I believe we brought up the example of Dave Chappelle, where he'll always talk about how um, Comedy Central ripped him off. And believe me when I say this, I'm. I'm a humongous fan of Dave Chappelle. I think he's one of those brilliant comedians who's ever lived. And I despise Comedy Central. I hate what they've become. And they never put me on anything. So I've in no way am I like, do I have a dog in this fight to side with Comedy Central on this? Um, and I'm sure there were some things that were like, look, I'm sure they took advantage of the fact that Dave Chappelle, when he came to them, had very little value. And Comedy Central was the comedy network at the time. This was the home of South Park and The Daily Show. And like, oh, this was the place to be if you were a comedian at the time. Um, however, I'm just not a leftist. And I understand the way uh, like voluntary agreements work. And this was like a fundamental Misesian insight that 
when people um if there's a lack of force and people voluntarily trade or make a deal we can like kind of logically deduce that both parties believe they will be better off and this is down to like the most simple level where it's like if you if you buy a hat for ten dollars what you're what you're saying in that action the message that is being conveyed through your action is that you believe you will enjoy this hat more than the $10. And the guy selling you the hat is saying he believes he would enjoy the $10 more than the hat. And now I'm not saying it always works out that way, but you at least go into it with the understanding that like, I think I'll be better off taking this than not taking this. And then you could, you can argue all day long about whether Dave Spell should have been paid more money or less money. You know, with a lot of these things, it's, it's somewhat arbitrary. What exact, what percentage of the money brought in should he keep? What shouldn't he keep? But the truth is that Dave Chappelle now makes like $20 million a comedy special in large part because he was on Chappelle's show. Like that's really what launched him and made him a household name. So even if you say, oh, you don't think he got paid right for those years, it's like he he made a huge thing for himself off of that. Now, for Steven Crowder, Steven Crowder worked at Fox News when he was very young. He worked at The Blaze for many years. He worked at the the fact that he's humongous now is also in part for the fact that he had these these big platforms behind him. And I just think that people tend to underestimate that and just side with the artist. And I'm saying this as the artist. You know what I mean? Like I'm saying this as the guy who who's on that side of it, but I can also recognize that it's like, well, even if it's not, you know, big companies like that, but it's like, yes, the, no, the fact that I've been on Fox News and been on Rogan and been on like a bunch of these other platforms at Tim Pool and like all these guys. Yeah, that's made me bigger. That's let me reach more people. And now they know who I am. This is there's a lot of times people look at this from through like a one sided lens, which I do think is a very lefty way to look at things like the boss should always be paying you more. Of course, we should raise wages. We should always be get when really it's a dance. It's a negotiation. It's got to make sense and, for everyone. And the part that people don't see is uh, net, like not every investment the network win makes is going to be a win. Yeah. So if you're a network and you're launching podcasts uh, and maybe one out of every 10 is a success and you put it together, you gave them the platform, you built the show. And then once they're a success, they just walk. You're losing money. Yeah, and even someone as big as Steven Crowder, that that requires a bigger investment. Like other people, they right. wouldn't have to pay $50 million. For him, they do in order to attract him. So there's still like risk on their side. The other thing is not just that there's risk on their side, but I think the point I was trying to get at is that there's real value added. And this is something – this is a, why um, left socialists get economics completely wrong completely wrong because they only see one side of it. They only – they see that like – um. So they'll see that, well, look, there's a factory and there's a bunch of people working. They're the ones producing the wealth, right? They're working. The owner is just owning the thing. He's not doing nothing. Why should he be getting paid more than the workers when all he's doing is sitting up there saying, I have a piece of paper that says I have the deed to this factory or whatever. But the truth is that what they're completely missing is that if it wasn't for the capital investment into like the labor saving devices into, into building this factory, then the workers labor is worth nothing. You know, like they, they just walked in and showed up and said, I want a job. 
And he's like, okay, I got these machines here. You can go operate. That he had to invest all of his money into that factory to begin with. And why would he do that if there wasn't going to be a reward for it? So it, it's just like constantly seeing that like you, you know, and even you've said before, which I thought was a really fair example of, of yours, where you're like this particular, uh, this comedy club that we both used to work at a lot. Um, that was really kind of taking advantage of you and really not paying you what you should have been paid and really giving you kind of shit spots and all this. But at the same time, you worked there for years. You kind of honed a lot of your material and a lot of your skills as a stand-up. And now you take that and make good money on off that on the road and stuff. So it's like you even recognize even in situations like that, the reason why you kept doing that for a while till eventually you were like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. But the reason why you did that for a long time is because there was value there for you to take out of it. And so, you know what? Take that. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. This is an amazing product. I feel like it was created for me. Are you like me? Do you have subscriptions that you never use and you're just paying for them for no reason? If you're wasting money on subscriptions, like 80% of people who have subscriptions that they forgot about, maybe it's time for you to check out Rocket Money. Rocket Money cancels the unnecessary subscriptions that you're not using. The app shows you all of your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel any subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Go to rocketmoney.com POTP. This could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash POTP. Get rid of useless subscriptions. Put the money back in your pocket. Rocketmoney.com slash POTP. All right, let's get back into the show. This always stuck with me, but uh, my, my good friend, uh, Nate Bargatze, who's one of the best comics in uh, the country right now. And uh, this was years ago. This must be, I don't know, t 10 years ago, something like that. But I remember we used to work at uh, Eastville Comedy Club. And at Eastville, they would pay comedians like under the they, they would pay a bunch of comics like like not full pay. Like they would they would be like, you're not like at the level to get full pay yet. So we're just going to pay you like some crummy pay. Um, and uh, and I was at that level. That's what I was getting. And so it was Nate. But Nate had been doing comedy a bit longer than me and was like further along than me. And people were like, yo, that's insane that you're they're not paying Nate the full rate because Nate's like, fucking, you know, and he was already like a, just a great comic. Um, but he hadn't he didn't have like all the credits and stuff that he later got. This is like before he was on TV, I think. And uh, and I remember talking to Nate about it. And Nate goes and then I was like, yeah, dude, they're right. Like, this is insane that they're paying you uh, such bullshit for for this job. And Nate goes to me and he was like, Dave, I don't care. It's like, I don't care. I'm trying to be bigger than all of them. That's my goal. I'm trying to work this stuff out and get to the next level where I would never care if they had paid me the full rate or the half rate at this club. Like, he's, and, and he was right. And he got to that next level. And now he's crushing it. Now he could buy and sell that club 10 times over without even thinking about it, you know? And it's like, I think just people have to like, you, you got to like stop feeling like, oh, I'm being ripped off and I'm being taken advantage of and just simply ask yourself, like, does this get me to where I want to be or not? And if you feel like it doesn't, then don't take that deal. And if it does, then take it and let all that other stuff go. 
don't hang on to any of this like resentment about like oh man the boss is making this but i'm only making this like what what are you bringing to the table is this getting you to the place where you're bigger than that boss that should be your attitude with these things well was there another uh censorship clause in there or was that the only thing I believe that was it, that it, that if there it, basically it was like if an event happens where your revenue goes way down, then that's going to affect the, the total uh, the total fee. You know, take it. I, I understand feeling like, hey, I don't want to take that. But here, the reality of the situation is this, right? If you say no to that deal and you just go at it yourself and there's an event where your revenue goes way down, you're still going to feel it. Like one where there, there's no one here is playing magical tooth fairy where that isn't going to happen. Now that sucks. I really think it's wrong and I wish we didn't live in that world, you know, but you have to find a way, the best way you can to protect yourself. I mean, look, this is part of the reason why I'm at Gas Digital because I do feel like it's like, okay, well, here's a company that I know is, uh, you know, not going to, that's not going to be an issue with them if, if nothing else. Um, you know, it's a it's a weird world to navigate through, but I do think that um, I I I think that if that's the case, then you're going to be affected by it one way or the other, whether you took this deal or not. It's interesting. I can see the variables. I I, I get. I, I think it's lame to come forward when you're first uh, negotiating, and this is this is not that flagrant. But I understand where you're like we're supposed to be the non-censorship people, uh, and this is putting this is a contract that might lead you to censor me. There's a little bit of a faith aspect here where the daily wire would be like, no, we have no interest in censoring you. We're just looking at the business model here that there's a possibility for circumstances beyond us that advertisers pull based off the content. And so we need to be able to mitigate for some of that risk. Um, It's interesting. Do you know what, I wonder what, what, do you know what the penalties were for if advertisers leave, they can't be replaced. Um, it was something like, uh, it was, it was a percentage of the fee. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like where it gets, it gets reduced, like right. whatever the total number. So I mean, it's still going to be in the bulk, in the range of tens of millions of dollars he's getting paid. You know, it's just would be not as much. Dave, you know no. what I'm taking from this? We got to go on strike. Yeah, there you go. I guess against you, <laughs> me and you against you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who that's going to work. Who are we on strike against me? No, I'm going to put down this strike right now. I'm going to get scabs. <laughs> I'm going to get all types of new first year libertarians coming in here, not knowing what they're talking about, (laughs) working for nothing. Um, Yeah, look, man, I mean, there's like uh, uh, there's there's a lot of things in this game. I mean, me and you both, I think from being in in comedy and in podcasting, there's we me and you have both done a ton of free labor. You know what I mean? Like done shows for free and and stuff like that. But I I think it's kind of like. Yeah, but my goal is to ultimately be able to like get myself to the next level. So it's not as if there's no if if I wouldn't be doing this unless I I derived some value from it. Whether that's um you know like sometimes I'll do very small podcasts like that are just I don't know I just want to do it and that's the value that I get out of it. Like I just think this will be fun as I want you know whatever their audience is to hear me talk about this topic or something. Um, and I've done very, very big podcasts for free, but that's because it's like, oh, yeah, I get the audience. I get to pull a portion of them like that's it's worth it. So I just think like, you know, again, like I was saying with the example of Kanye, like he could talk about how like there, there were contracts that he was given that were unfair contracts. Um, and that might be true. I don't like it, it might have been like, yeah, that wasn't a good deal. They should have offered more. But it's also like, yeah, you've made yourself one of the biggest stars in the world. 
So it's not like you didn't benefit a lot out of it. And I just think that's if people think they're ever going to get away from that just because it's not some big corporation, it's some other business. It's like, no, this is like the way businesses are going to work. And I don't think there's anything like wrong or evil about that. Businesses are trying to make money. They're not in the they're not there to lose money. And in the same way that you're not there to lose money, you know, it's like your your complaint is that you'll lose money if this happens. Like, okay, well, that's their concern also. I don't know. I think I think that's uh I think that's reasonable. So I got to say, kind of in some ways, I wanted to be on his side, but I'm eh, not really. That's just not really how I'm feeling about it. All right, guys, let's take a quick second and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is YoKratom.com. YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. If you are over the age of 21 and you're in the market for Kratom or you know someone else who is, definitely go get it at YoKratom.com. Their stuff is lab tested. It's quality stuff. It delivers right to your door, and it's the best price you're going to find anywhere. $60 for a kilo. These guys support everything Gas Digital does, so please go support them yokratum.com all right let's get back into the show all right let's uh let's switch gears a little bit there was a there there is a real shift in tone in the corporate press when talking about joe biden we uh we discussed this a couple weeks ago on the show um that it does seem to me that this uh this whole scandal where they've found all these classified documents on joe biden smells to me like he is being sabotaged from within the house i think that there is uh there are a lot of uh powerful uh forces within the democratic party and uh the bigger you know deep state apparatus that are not so into the idea of joe biden being their guy anymore i think this is for obvious reasons uh, essentially the role that politicians play is to be the um, kind of the uh, face, uh, the puppet, <clears throat> excuse me, of to sell this whole mafia ring. And Joe Biden is not really that good at selling this thing. And so I think something's happening. Anyway, I, I want to just play just a little clip from CNN. This is how they're talking about Joe Biden all of the sudden now. A CNN review of the laptop data, as well as other public material, shows that Joe Biden did interact with some of his son's associates while serving as vice president, though it's unclear exactly what was discussed. One example, the Republican site, Miguel Aleman Magnani, a Mexican businessman and son of the former president who Hunter was trying to woo. In 2014, Aleman Magnani and his dad were photographed at the White House with then-Vice President Biden. In a later email, Hunter Biden reminds Alamani Magnani of the favors he's done for him. We have been talking about business deals and partnerships for seven years. I have brought every single person you have ever asked me to bring to the effing White House and the vice president's house and the inauguration. Hunter Biden bluntly acknowledged the power of the Biden name in a memoir, writing that the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which put him on its board, considered my last name gold. I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. Yeah. So this is the way uh, the president's being described now on CNN, who, of course, carried him through his entire presidential election campaign. You'll notice how with uh, this whole story, there's nothing new. This is all the most recent thing there was in 2019. 
um, that to me really tells you something. The, the, there's just no reason why this should be being discussed now and this should be a, a change in tone, except that the midterms are wrapped up and now the next thing that we're looking at is what? The presidential reelection campaign. Joe, I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I am predicting this. Joe Biden is not going to be the nominee for the Democrats. I think that uh, that he is, once it gets to CNN, that means that the marching orders have really come down. He is going to, as I said before, I think preferably they're going to turn on him enough that there's enough pressure that he steps aside without completely ruining him. Um, if necessary, I think they'll completely ruin him. Uh, they'd rather not do that because that hurts the Democrats no matter who it is. But this, what you're watching here is the the machine turn on Joe Biden. And it's interesting when the machine turns, if you remember in the Epstein story, that story existed forever. Who was it? MSNBC said that they weren't running it. It was an ABC. An ABC. ABC reporter, they yeah. had the story, decided not to run it. But then once it comes out and they start running it, then they all, I'm even more upset about this than you are. That's always their play. The FBI yep. shows up. Oh, we're going to get to the bottom of this thing. And you see with the corona now, I mean, we've just done three episodes in a row of people all of a sudden asking questions that were uh, as relevant to the vaccine at the uh, outset as they are now. But suddenly they're asking these questions. It, it, it does feel a little bit like this is uh, level one of, hey, we're going to start covering this. <laughs> yes, this is, you know, I, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yes, exactly. And, and I think that's wait, exactly right. We cover the next thing. We'll just wait. Till we'll start covering the dementia. We'll start covering some of these contracts. We'll start digging into all of it. The only thing is, uh, as we've seen with like, uh, uh, who's that guy down in uh, um, Texas who keeps losing everything? By by the way, uh, Brian, see see if you can find that video of the ABC reporter talking about how they killed the the Jeffrey Epstein uh, story. We'll play that in a second because it's worth uh, running. But you're talking about Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke. Sometimes they test the market on Mm -hmm. storylines. So... It could be with this one that they're not full. Like, I'm just saying your, your theory makes sense to me that this is level one of they're going with like the very soft stories that they never even reported on. And this is not news now. And they're just the only reason that you would do it is to basically go, all right, we're going to start talking about this. Um, but then there's also, I guess, a slight possibility that they're just kind of testing the storylines to see, I, I guess, kind of what sticks the same way, like they'll go nuts with Beto. Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. But then the market's just not into it. Right, right. No, I know what you mean. They go, oh, he's just got that it factor. Everyone right. loves this guy. And they're like, what's he pulling at? 12%. OK, uh, no, he's nothing. <laughs> but it's unbelievable. Like you, you think about this, how quickly um, these things can change. I we, we mentioned recently the example of Andrew Cuomo. And it's almost like I know as time goes on, it seems like this distant memory, but he was the rock star of the Democratic Party, the rock star. The guy won an Emmy for for his daily, you know, uh, briefs on covid um, telling you what you were allowed to do that day and what you weren't allowed to do. And now if you just mention him, any Democratic establishment figure would be like, oh, that guy. It's just just like that. He's done. But that's not even the real storyline. The real storyline is we have a problem of lying women being able to unseat yeah. individuals from uh, high profile jobs because yeah, but, the entire you know, case got dropped. So, yes, I mean, that's the real scandal is lying women. <laughs> well, right. But, you know, Rob, like if you if you remember right when uh, Tara Reid, I think, was the girl who came out and said that Joe Biden uh, sexually assaulted her. There were a couple other women who came out and said Joe Biden did inappropriate things in 2020 and it got no traction. 
because they weren't interested in bringing down Joe Biden when he was there to bring down Donald Trump. So the, those stories only get traction if it's useful to bring down the person who's who's being accused. And that's they they decided they were bringing down Cuomo. That was that. It was it's not that it wasn't actually the lying women. I'm not trying to say lying women aren't a problem, Rob. I'm just saying there's something else at work here too. Here, let's uh let's let's play this clip just for anyone who doesn't remember. This was a uh, a hot mic moment. Uh, or not a hot mic. I don't know what does hot mic actually mean, but this was her b- talking as she had a mic on her and someone got the uh, the audio of it. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we that also quashed the story. And then um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on no avail and now it's all coming out and it's like these new revelations that i freaking had all of it i I, i'm so pissed right now like every day i get more and more pissed because i'm just like oh my god we it was um, what what we had was unreal other women backing it up hey yep brad edwards the attorney three years ago saying like like we there will come a day but we will realize jeffrey epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known I had it all three years ago. You know what's kind of sick about this, though? Yes. It's just upset you didn't get the story. Yes. It's It's not like we brought them down or we changed (laughs) the pedophile. She's like, this was career gold and you stole it from me. That's exactly right. She's pissed off. She didn't get the scoop. And she's getting emotional about that. Not emotional about him being the most prolific pedophile. She's getting emotional about the fact. She's not like, and thank God the story finally came out. You know what I mean? It's like, and now the story comes out. It's like, yeah. That's right. Oh, it's breaking. Is it breaking now? Yeah. No, it's not breaking. I was supposed to break it. Yeah, that's pretty sick. But obviously the really sick implication there is that, yeah, they had this and the network shut it down. So because they were concerned about getting access to the royal family or something. I mean, to to have a story. I mean, that should have been. By the way, you know, this is why that little oh, that little disgusting demon, Brian Stelter uh does a a media watchdog show like imagine doing that and you'd be like i I don't know just look at this one clip and then know you can never trust any of these people again like were there mass firings at abc did everyone who was a part of this get fired did they get down on their hands and knees and beg forgiveness they went on to produce the january 6 commissions right right you know what i mean it's like what this it's like so that's what you're dealing with here that's what the level of this is, that they will shut down a story exposing a pedophile for, it, in their words, for access or something like that to the royal family. Oh, we get to interview the prince. It's just like, I don't know, just unbelievable. But yeah, that's how. And, and then you also see that it's like, yes. And then when they decide to turn, they can turn, get ahead of it and be like, oh, yeah, we're all outraged about the Jeffrey Epstein story. I mean, pretty shocking to see uh, CNN run that. I don't know how uh, they don't have to excuse, I guess, being three years late on a news story. Yeah. 
Well, they'll they'll you know they they put it out like a CNN investigation reveals you know right. what all of us have been talking about forever. So hey, look, we did an investigation and we got to just tell you what we found and this is what we found. But it's like, come on, all this stuff was out. There. Live in the future, celebrate being right. That's why yep. you watch this show. Yep, that's right. There you go. Um, okay, speaking of uh, villains being brought down, we do have some good news. Uh, not quite as good as we deserve, but I'll, I'll take it nonetheless. Uh, some good news coming out of New Zealand. Let's roll the tape and enjoy every minute of this. And so today I'm announcing that I will not be seeking re-election. And that my term as Prime Minister will conclude no later than the 7th of February. Good. Rough Good. Years for Kelly Festuca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you get that reference, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But thank God that totalitarian giant toothed freak is uh, is out of here. Truly, one of the worst totalitarian um, rulers in the world. Uh, I, I don't know if people don't remember, but she was, um, with with perhaps the exception of uh, some in the CCP. She was about the worst um, dictator throughout the the whole COVID insanity. Shut down the country over one case at one point. Instituted lockdowns. Um, insisted people not go outside. Encouraged other uh, citizens to report uh, their fellow citizens for the crime of going outside. We have got there's there's too many videotapes to even pull it here. We have one one of her uh, her greatest hits here. Let's watch that. So you basically said this is going to be like, well, it's almost like uh, you probably don't see it like this. The two different classes of people, if you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights. If you are vaccinated. That is what it is. So, yep. Yep. Can you describe as you were previously hoping not to be able to, not to have to do that, I guess, when we still mm. like we could maintain elimination across the whole country. I guess that has now changed because. I think it was less, less because necessarily of the elimination determining that and more because we, of course, uh, maintained and actually we have managed very high vaccination rates generally without the use of certificates. But actually what it's become clear to me is that they're not just a tool to drive up vaccines. They're a tool for confidence. People who have been vaccinated will want to know that they're around other vaccinated people. New Zealand has unveiled its plans for vaccine. There we go. This was her asked point blank. Are you creating two different uh, categories of people with two different categories of rights? And she said, yes, that is what it is. Openly celebrating uh, creating an apartheid system in her country. And um, then, of course, just falls back on, as we've always said, the absolute dumbest rationale in all of the COVID, you know, insanity. The, the dumbest one of all of them is vaccinated people want to know that they're around other vaccinated people leading to the question if the vaccines work why why would that matter i thought you were protected i seem to also remember really harsh authoritarian comments uh in regards to free speech and also maybe in regards to global warming climate change uh, I do wonder with her stepping down, I always get excited that there's going to be some bombshell news story and there usually isn't. But if maybe she's getting ahead of the COVID story, taking a big enough turn that she knows that she can't last in her job. Yeah, no, it's it's quite possible. They they still do have um, some de- democratic process uh, uh, in, in New Zealand and her party was really plummeting and doing very poorly. So that is, you know, th- thank God there's at least that. Um, but 
it just I, I don't really know what more to say. When you watch these videos, it's like you're you're truly looking at a totalitarian dictator who's talking about taking away every ba basic natural right from people for not getting a vaccine, which turns out was uh, sold on lies and does not work at all the way they said it did. Um, and uh, I know the video we had there has like the yellow stars floating in the background. I know people get like real offended by that, but I don't care don't be more if you're more offended by that than this woman openly bragging about instituting an apartheid state uh, i don't know get your priorities in order and uh there should there should be like real deal like nuremberg style trials for these people and it's like so yeah like i i'm glad that she's uh not seeking re-election but man is that not nearly enough like these people really should be put on trial for what they did as crimes against humanity it was absolutely just inexcusable Horrific, horrific people. She already has to live out the rest of her life as a human corpse. So that is true. Just mustering up the energy to move those teeth around. They'd be like, this Nuremberg trial has concluded and we sentence <laughs> you to giant ears and teeth. Oh, well, you know what? Taken care of already. All right. There you go. All right. We're going to uh, wrap up there. That's our episode for today. Next episode will be the uh, the live show from out in St. Louis. So looking forward to seeing a bunch of you guys out there. Looking forward to hanging with you for the weekend, Rob. And then uh, the following weekend, of course, in Perryville, uh, Maryland, we'll be doing a live podcast out there, too. So a lot more live podcasts uh, coming for you guys in the near future. Should be a lot of fun. All right. Catch you later. Peace. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.